Welcome to Reprogramming with Lindsay Hyatt. I'm Lindsay, a copywriter and certified coach with nearly two decades of experience. I've seen it all in both the corporate world and in entrepreneurship, and I'm here to spark conversation about the things that matter most. Reprogramming is a podcast to help you shift perspective, consider new viewpoints, and challenge your old belief systems around business, entrepreneurship, health, wellness, empowerment, and more. If you are ready to reprogram your life for more success, fulfillment, and joy, you're in the right place. Hello and welcome to another solo episode of Reprogramming with Lindsay Hyatt. I'm your host, Lindsay, and today we're going to go deep together and explore our perception around taking steps back in your life or career, in perceived failures, in feeling lost or stuck, and what all of these things may actually mean. I have been really reflecting on this lately because I've been going through this season of feeling stuck myself and wondering if I should be pivoting and being really surprised about where I am and where I thought I would be at this juncture of life and in business. So I'm actually going to share a personal story today that I consider to be the place where my entire career and purpose shifted in a place where I expected it the least. And I want to share this because at the time, this shift in my life and my business, before I had a business, in my career, felt so awful. And it felt like I just couldn't believe that I was at this juncture. <laughs> so fast forward many years and I, I've been back here again and wondering what it's all for, what it's all about. And then I realized it's all here for a reason. I want more people to know that, that even in the seasons of discomfort, it's going to serve you. I'm going to illustrate just how much our mind can con us into believing that taking steps in a different direction, sometimes when we feel we have no other choice, is actually the best thing that can happen. Even when it feels backwards, even when it feels like you've been working so hard towards one thing and then you find yourself having to go in a completely different direction. I know so many of you are feeling that way now. And as I just mentioned, I've been dealing with this in the last few months, especially of my business. So let's start with my story. It was 2014 and I had just moved back home to Buffalo with my husband. I was so happy to be home. We had lived in Michigan for five years together, and then we spent one year living in Halifax, Nova Scotia. So by that time, I, our life had shifted a bit for his, for his career, and I was just so ready to come home. I was also rearing and ready to get back into the marketing game because when I left town, I was running for marketing. I had a really terrible experience, and my first real marketing gig after college, and I thought, I want nothing to do with this. So moved to Michigan, became a nanny, <laughs> and I just wanted a low-key job to pay the rent and just figure out what I was going to do from there. I ended up going to the University of Michigan, Go Blue, to get my graduate degree in education. I became a teacher. During that time, I really could not stop fighting this desire to get back into things that 
made me feel alive creatively, like writing, creating. I started a blog. That's a whole, that's a whole other thing. But by the time we were returning to Buffalo, I was just ready to dive back into marketing. I was ready to be Buffalo famous, which means that you're a big fish in a small pond. Everyone knows you. I kind of always loved that about Buffalo and especially being away for those years. I, I, yearned to be known by somebody. I didn't know anyone where I lived. I made a few handfuls of friends here and there in grad school and just through my husband and his work, but I missed my people. I missed my home. I missed my family, my friends here. I felt like everybody was just waiting for me to come back. And so I wanted to be that person in Buffalo that people knew in the marketing world. I want. I wanted to meet my Twitter friends in person and click with them, and I actually did. I have a lot of. I have a lot of good friends from Twitter, especially my Buffalo Twitter friends. Shout out if you're listening, that are still part of my life, and I think that is so cool. So as I mentioned, it was 2009 when I left town, and I was running from marketing, and it was enough to send me on just an entirely different career path that also served its purpose. That also still plays out in what I do today. So again, I think there are no mistakes. I think everything that you've done in your lifetime leads up to your purpose. I think twists and turns and ups and downs, they all make you who you are. They all make you unique and so talented in different ways and having so much to contribute based on all of these different life and work experiences. Okay, so I came back. I was interviewing for a handful of jobs and one of them I wanted so badly. It was for a brand new cultural institution that was taking shape in Buffalo. When I left back in 2009, Buffalo was in rough shape. But coming back in 2014, we were experiencing a resurgence and since then, Buffalo has really reclaimed this vibrancy, and I'm so happy for my town and my everybody that lives here. Um, you should come visit. It's great, especially in the summer. <laughs> but anyways, the job I wanted had to do with tourism and really part of being part of that resurgence. I did not get the job. I was so sad and really thought I was going to get it. <laughs> So, of course, during that time, I was just applying to a bunch of other things. I ended up being offered a job as a copywriter again, which was fine. I was happy to be writing, but the job was low paying and it was for what I call a churn and burn marketing agency, which is you're just churning out stuff. There's not a lot of research. There's not a lot of depth to it. There's not any connection to the client. You're just churning and burning some writing. And they had a position for me in the second shift. So that was, I would go in for the day around four o'clock. I would leave after 1 a.m. I cried. I cried and cried. I did not want that job. I was so sad that I didn't get the other job I really wanted that I really knew I was a great fit for. But I had no choice because I needed to get out of my mom and dad's house, which is where my husband and I, two adults, were living as we had moved back to town. So I accepted the job as a copywriter in the second shift of this churn and burn marketing agency. No feathers in my cap there. I was embarrassed about it. But again, I was writing. I was home. There was plenty to be grateful for, and that got me through. I also worked with other talented copywriters there, so that also 
uh, made me feel welcomed and at home. There was nothing wrong with this job. I just didn't want to work till one in the morning. Who does? So I did that job for about a month or two, and I was still applying to other jobs and interviewing. When I was offered the supreme dream job that made the other one that I didn't get look just totally inferior, I became the director of marketing and development at a cultural institution here in Western New York. And let me stop for a minute to just laugh out loud about the development part. (laughs) I had zero, zero experience in fundraising, but I didn't care. I could do anything. I could do anything. I will run the whole marketing show and I will also fundraise for this institution to continue growing and it's going to be the best. It's going to be the best. So I started the job and I felt pretty amazing. I had the title. I had the network. I was back with my friends and family. I I really was like just at the top of my game internally, like feeling really great about life and just so thankful every day. Uh, The place that I had been hired at was almost an hour drive every day from my home. And I spent that time being grateful, being grateful for traffic, being grateful for the commute because I was home. All my dreams were coming true. I had my husband. I had my friends. My life was back. Just there's no stopping me now, okay? Well, I found something that did stop me, and it was the person that I worked for in this role. And uh, on day one or two, I, I could see that there were some problems. I won't get into the details of what happened there, um, but I do want to share a few things for people that are listening. Number one, I was being harassed. At the time, I did not want to see that because I was in this dream job and I wanted so badly to prove to myself and to anybody else and and everyone who worked there that I was the person for this role. Number two, there was not just a toxic work culture there, but also very unethical things happening. And I didn't know what to do with that because I didn't want to get anyone in trouble. I didn't want to cause a scene. I didn't want to make waves. I just wanted to be good at my job and I wanted to grow this institution. I'm sharing this because as women especially, that we put ourselves in situations where we just want to prove ourselves and we want to do a good job We want people to think we're great at what we do. We want to help. We want to support and we want to grow the places that we're working for or the mission. We want to contribute to these things. And it hurts to feel like we're not doing our job or that people don't think we're great. So sometimes we let that get in the way of being treated fairly or even look the other way for things like harassment. (laughs) And that's what was happening to me there. I didn't realize this until I left, but I was being harassed by my superior every day because she had some other problems that had nothing to do with me. So I lasted for about nine or 10 months in this job, and and that was nine or 10 months too long. But to let go of this job that I had such high hopes for was so difficult. But during this time, I was in a dark, sad place. Place, even though I was so thrilled to be home and, and really I had to work hard on gratitude on those drives into work when things were not going well. 
I had to out loud affirm the wonderful things in my life. And I felt that gratitude too. That's what kept me going. But I was in a really hard place and I started to think about leaving and I would actually Google best places to work in Western New York because I just wanted to be treated like a human at that point. At that point, I got to a place where the title didn't matter, the paycheck didn't matter. I just wanted to go to a place that I didn't feel horrible every single day. I started to send my resume to any place that looked like they took care of their employees. And that's where my story shifts. I interviewed for a marketing role at a large automotive company. I had no experience in automotive. I had no desire (laughs) or real interest in automotive, but they are known for being a great place to work. And that is what I was interested in at that time. So there was no marketing role available, but I hit it off with the person I interviewed with and they wanted to get me in the door with the idea that eventually when a marketing role did open up that I would be considered for it. So I, I thought, okay. And so I got a job. I would start this new role at this new company selling cars. Selling cars? Okay. What do you think of when you think of car salespeople? I know. I know what you think because we all think that. You think scammy, schmarmy. (laughs) Is that a word? (laughs) Less than trustworthy. I think of like a guy, like a, like a mid, you know, like a mid fifties guy with like wrinkled shirt and coffee stains all over the, his shirt and stuff. Like that's what I think of. It's so cliche, but that's not my vibe. I, I, I never sold anything before, like officially. I'd never taken any interest in cars at all. So I just could not believe that I was going to leave my role as the director of marketing and development and become a car salesperson. I remember using the word mortified. I didn't even need a degree for this job officially. I mean, I'm sure that they preferred that, but I thought I have a master's degree. What are people going to think about this? What are people going to think of me that I failed in this dream job? They don't know what happened to me there. They're going to assume that I couldn't handle it. And now I'm becoming a car salesperson. I thought at this point in my career that I had really come a long way in terms of caring about what people did and did not think of me. Well, I had some, I still had some time. (laughs) I still had some ways to go and I probably still do. But I was in, I was just devastated by this whole turn of events. And I found myself having to accept that this was the role and this was the path that I had to take and that maybe there would be some good to come out of it. And maybe I'd get into that marketing role soon and everything would be okay. So I made the leap. I had to own it. And I, ha- I knew that this was the healthy thing to do. I, I, I leaned on my family a lot. I, they talked me through a lot of the mind drama I was having. And I started the job. Immediately, on day one, I saw and felt the difference. Before jumping into sales, the company had a comprehensive training program, thank God. But it wasn't all about the dollars and cents of of cars, like you probably would imagine. It was about relationships and trust and integrity. What? 
integrity in car sales? Is that a thing? I This was very new to me. The feeling was so positive and welcoming. And even with my cohort of new salespeople, I felt a connection right away to every one of them. And some of them are still my friends. So I entered into car sales at a Chevy dealership. <laughs> I'm laughing because um, I, at the time, had a Chevy and I hated that car. I hated it. I had a lot of, lot of bad things to say about Chevys, but here I was having to turn all of my perspectives and all of my programming off to start a new job in car sales and also sell Chevys. <laughs> I did this for three months. I didn't love it. I didn't love selling cars. It was fine. And I did sell cars and I was proud. I was proud of each sale that I had. It was uncomfortable for me and I was confused by all the paperwork and the math and, and the late nights because people in the automotive industry work nine to nine shifts many days of the week. And, and that's normal for some of them. And they have families and they... This is just what they're used to. They work every Saturday, guys. I want you to know that people in automotive work every Saturday, sometimes Sundays, but thankfully this business did not stay open on Sundays to give their people a break. So auto sales is no joke. But thankfully, I worked with a really fun group of people and I leaned on them and they helped me. It opened my mind to the idea that selling wasn't about forcing people into something that they didn't want, but about being a helper, an educator, and making real connections with people. And these are all things that I love to do. My confidence started to build right there. So eventually, three months in, I found a spot at a different dealership within the group and settled in with my new team. They had me starting a brand new program that allowed me to create a way to sell cars through the service department without having to do the paperwork and all the hard sell stuff. So pretty much a perfect fit for me. They also had me teach people how to use the technology in their new vehicles. So I was taking my love of marketing, relationships, and education and using it to create my own space there. I felt empowered and excited and, the best part, embraced by my new team. My new boss, who treated everybody with the utmost respect, I was just in heaven. I was truly happy. My husband even noticed a difference. And for the first time, maybe in my entire adult life, since the day I started working at Walgreens <laughs> when I was 16, I didn't dread going to work. I went on to do several jobs at this company. And unfortunately, I never did snag the marketing one that I always hoped for. So in time, my heart ached for the creativity and the writing and the collaborating with clients that I left teaching for. I left to take on a role as a content manager for an emerging agency, but my time at that dealership, at that auto group, changed the course of my life and my business. I built so much confidence that I didn't have before. Even after all that time, even after leaving marketing and getting a master's and something else and taking risks and trying new things, 
the confidence that I built in a place I didn't even expect to be in is what made me the person and the business person that I am now. I allowed myself to be open to things that I never would have considered before. And I actually ended up developing a true interest in the automotive industry that I still have. It's weird. I, it's not like a thing I would guess about myself, but I really enjoyed it. And I still write about automotive for clients. So if that's you, hello, give me a call. Um, so I, let me just also tell you this funny little story within the story. I even developed somewhat of an alter ego because my fellow colleagues at the automotive business that I was at nicknamed me Ronnie because there were two other Lindsay's already at the dealership. So I just went with it. And Ronnie has become my Sasha Fierce of sorts. She's my alter ego. She's, she's her best self at all times. And now that's also the name of my band that I'm in. <laughs> so so the, the thread through this whole time has affected so many parts of my life. And I was in such resistance to making this change because I thought it was going to be horrible. I thought it was a step back, but it really ended up propelling me forward. It provided me with perspective that I really needed and the confidence that I lacked to believe in myself and my abilities and my talents and my interests. I allowed the people in those jobs that were so toxic to make me believe something that isn't true. If my former boss, who I still connect with from time to time, ever asked me back to that dealership, I would definitely consider it. He knows that. (laughs) I drank the Kool-Aid and I'm a lifer, but that goes to show that the kind of workplace culture that you create in your business, in your corporation, is what will make you a success. And it's what will make you keep the best people. And it's what will draw in clients. That's another episode. I say that all the time as I'm talking. Like I have just so many episode ideas. Workplace culture. We're coming back to that. So a step back or three steps back does not mean you're off track. A step back can actually be a step forward without you realizing it. What if we can reprogram our minds to consider any change, whether deemed good or bad, as a possibility that could lead to something even more amazing than you could dream of? The client you lost? Maybe that's for the best. Here's another quick story. I was actually going to talk about this on my on my Instagram today, but I haven't yet. I was recently the victim of a hit and run. (laughs) Thankfully, I was not in the car. This happened in a parking lot. My car was destroyed just by some douche who pulled out and just took the face right off my car. Couldn't be bothered to stop. Couldn't be bothered. Whatever. That's That's a long story. But that day, I had an important prospective client meeting. I was so looking forward to this meeting. I wanted this client so bad. I felt so aligned with her energy. I really felt I could serve her. And then this happened just hours before this meeting that I was looking forward to. And of course, I was shook and I was upset. I was angry. I was very sweaty from being outside in the sun all day with my car smashed up, trying to get help from the police and get the tow truck and the the whole thing. And so I had to rush home after all of that was done, all that drama that completely messed with my my high vibe of the morning. 
and go into this meeting and and try to like have a connection with this person and of course I told her what happened and we had a fine meeting but I knew I wasn't myself I knew I felt just so off from that I probably should have rescheduled the meeting but I didn't want to and um you know she asked me to send her information I did send a proposal and followed up and nothing nothing now I I'm a firm believer that if if the vibe is wrong you don't work together I was not on my I was not in my usual high vibe place when I had this meeting I don't feel I represented myself well but you know that's just how things went that day but when you don't even have the decency to respond to somebody that you've had a meeting with, I just think that there is something there that um, it's just like a lack of respect. I'm only bringing this up because I thought to myself today, what if all of that crazy stuff happened because I, <laughs> the universe didn't want me to go to that meeting or the universe was trying to protect me from having to work with this client? Well, I, don't, I don't think we would have vibed, actually, after, after learning more about about her and her business. All of these things just go to show that even when things feel like they're not working out or you're having to take a step back or you're having to take a pause, maybe it's for a reason that down the down the line you will understand and you will appreciate and you will be able to apply. We all are where we're supposed to be in this moment even if it's painful, even if it's uncomfortable. I think we do terrible with discomfort. As a, as a society, we are very used to trying to find comfort all the time. And I don't really blame us for that because we've all just lived through like a lot of hell and so many levels. And we're all just looking for comfort, normalcy, and regulation of our nervous systems. I get it. I get why we do it. But we probably need to practice sitting in the discomfort more. Because what could be on the other side could be so worth it and beyond. So can you take a step back from judging your situation and just let it be? I'm not saying don't do anything, don't take action. I'm saying take a step back and be open to what it could bring to your life or what you could learn from it. And in this time of stepping back, I also encourage you to learn how to get quiet. Quiet your mind quiet your to-do list, all the shoulds coming from every direction, including from you, and make the space to receive new information. Because a lot of the times when we are in these situations, we we are so uncomfortable that we just want to act. We have to, we're acting because we got to change it and we can't stay here because this bad thing might happen or whatever the case is. We want to just get out of that feeling. But maybe this is just a stepping stone to your next chapter. That's what it was for me more than once now in my life. This story about going from my dream job on paper to selling cars was what made me as a business person today. And it was a stepping stone for me to get to the next place. And I learned so much there. And I actually had so much joy during that time. I was able to stay open for it. I'm really proud of that. <laughs> Take, it takes time. Something to keep in mind is that everything is temporary. Everything. Everything you consider to be good, temporary. Everything you consider to be bad, also temporary. 
Instead of feeling frustrated at a pause or by a slow growth period or redirection, what if we can get curious about the benefits that it may bring to our lives? That is a place of possibilities and that's where you can get excited. Get excited about what the possibilities are and what lies ahead. I actually have a friend And if she's listening, I want to say hi. You may know who you are after I share this, but she's such an inspiration to me. Without getting too deep into her story, she's worked from home for for several years. I think she was in network marketing and she runs her own business. But she's also dealt with severe depression throughout her life. And she recently shared that she is going back to a corporate job. And it has changed her life completely already. And she just started it. It's exactly what she needed. Being home all the time and doing the thing that everybody feels is like the dream to work from home, to work mobile, to do, you know, have your, make your own schedule and flexible and freedom. It wasn't working for her. And so she was brave enough to try something completely different. And she listened to her intuition on it and that's what she needed. So where some may see is like, oh my gosh, you're going back to corporate. Why? Why are you doing that to yourself? This was the stepping stone that she needed to get to the next chapter. And I just, I'm so proud of her. And I think if we could all be that open and receptive to what possibilities are available to us, we will find the thing, the next right thing. Before we wrap up, let's quick talk about failure. What is failure? Failure is designed as a lack of success. If you look it up in the dictionary, it says a lack of success. But how do you define success? How do you define success? Not your coach, not social media, not America, not the world. What does success look and feel like for you? I think that Some of us don't even know the answer to that. For me, I thought it was blasting my business to $100,000, $200,000, $300,000 and beyond. I knew that I could achieve this. I knew that this was my plan within the first year of my business. I just knew it in my bones. This was meant for me. I launched my business and that's it. No looking back. That's so adorable, right? (laughs) That's not what happened. It did not happen that way. This year, my goal to keep my thriving copywriting business moving forward while growing my new coaching arm of my business simultaneously, that was my plan. And the universe laughed. Not this year, Lindsay. (laughs) At least not the way that you imagined. And it's been painful. It's been painful, even for somebody who has gone through so many of these lessons before. It's still hard to not see things play out the way you wanted them to. But suddenly, I saw all of the things that have happened that mean way more than a number in my bank account. I mean, probably, because I sure wouldn't hate to see $300,000 just hanging out in my bank account, right? I'll let you know. I'll let you know what that's like when, when the time comes. But the things that matter to me that make me feel like I'm actually doing the job that I am sent here to earth to do is strangers reaching out to me, telling me that an episode of reprogramming deeply impacted them and helped them feel better about their own journey. 
there's nothing better. That is why I'm here. That is why I'm doing this podcast. I just want to help people. And I will, I take pride in the fact that I'm not going to just coat you with sugar and moon energy. And, and you know, I love all that stuff. I'm not going to tell you that your problems will be solved on a, on an Island somewhere for like $15,000 for like a five day trip. I'm just never going to do that. So if I can make an impact in somebody's real life, because I have real life stories of success and perceived failure, I'm going to share them. Or, or what about a future client telling me that she has working with me on her vision board? This was such a wild boost of confidence and love. How crazy that somebody out there thinks enough of me to put working with me on their vision board. I mean, that just, I just couldn't even believe that. That was so kind of her. (laughs) I mean, I, here's some other things. I recorded an episode of my favorite podcast with my favorite host, whom I actually know now. And I, we had a great conversation. This is a podcast with a million downloads, people. Like, I'm going to be on it. Two years ago, a dream, a pipe dream. I mean, things are happening out here. I get to be with my girls every single Friday of summer for fun Fridays where we get to do whatever we want. And my dad joins us. These are the memories that we will always have. I get to do that. And so I don't have $300,000 sitting in my bank account right now, but these moments are what I'm living for. So though some days, if you ask me, how's the business going? I'll tell you I'm in a pause or I'm feeling a little stuck or something like that. All of these things are happening beneath the surface that are way more important and that I know are bringing me to the next chapter. I'm wondering if you can factor what your idea of success in life is. I wonder if you can reprogram that for yourself. The days where it feels like you have to take a step back from something that's not clicking. Can you remember that it may be the thing that catapults you forward? The step back may actually be a step forward. I hope that this reprogrammed perspective served you today. Please never hesitate to reach out and say hello online at the Lindsay Hyatt or shoot me an email, which I'll link in the show notes. I just love being here with you guys. Thank you for letting me share my truth and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Reprogramming. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope we'll see you here next time. I would love if you can share this episode with your social network. Please tag me at ReprogrammingPod or at the Lindsay Hyatt on Instagram. And as always, I so appreciate your reviews on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and would be honored if you shared it with anyone who you think would benefit from this episode. 